Welcome to the Greater Southington Business Podcast, the local podcast that tells you stories behind the products, services, and nonprofits you interact with every day. This episode is sponsored by Northshire Consulting, your local independent investment advisory firm. Here's your host, Brian Williams. I'm here at the Community Foundation of Greater New Britain, so I have three individuals here, so I'll let them introduce themselves. I'm Dave Obudzinski. I'm the President and Chief Executive Officer. I'm Kayla Smith. I'm the Program Associate and Assistant Director of Development. And I'm Kimberly Duncan, the Communications and Donor Relations Manager. Okay. And Dave, let's start with the, with the mission and um, talk a little bit about the organization. Sure. The organization has a mission that has three parts. Um, three parts are, are first to inspire philanthropy. The second part is to responsibly manage permanent charitable assets. And third, to partner to address key community issues through strategic leadership, usually with other nonprofits, city leaders, town officials, et cetera, so that we're addressing those um, issues that need to be looked at. Um, additionally, we have a vision statement, which is to make our community vibrant and a better place to work and live. So this mission and this vision statement help guide us um, in the work that we do. Okay. And you've been around for quite a while. I see a 80th anniversary coming up. Yeah, we were founded in 1941 through generous gifts uh, from the local industrialists, um, Stanley and New Britain Machine, each pooled $15,000 apiece mm -hmm. to create the community chest, which grew into what is now the Community Foundation of Greater New Britain. So with that, in 2021, we will be celebrating our 80th anniversary. Right. And so we've just formed our anniversary committee and we're <laughs> going to be working on all the different things that we want to do in 2021 to celebrate that. Okay. Any uh, sneak peek as to how you'll be celebrating? Well, I think there might be some special branding uh, mm -hmm. for our organization. Uh, Kim's going to be working on that with us. Um, she'll also be leading the anniversary committee um, as we form it. Uh, but I think there'll probably be at least one gala that will uh, plan one uh, large event for the community where uh, everybody from the four towns that we serve, Berlin, New Britain, Plainville, and Southington, uh, will be invited to participate. And that'll help raise money for um, our community foundation um, and its um, endowed scholarship and uh, help us to be able to give out more grants in the community also. Okay. And what's your staff here like at the organization? Well, um, we have seven individuals who work here on the professional staff. We were lucky enough this summer to also have an intern oh. from one of the local uh, programs with a high school student who joined us. And that was a wonderful experience for us. Um, and we also have wonderful volunteers who make up our committees, our board of directors, and uh, help us out with different projects. So, uh, you know, it's a small staff, uh, foundations that are our size. Uh, we're a 45 to $48 million foundation right now. And if you uh, benchmark that against other foundations nationally, they usually have at least eight staff okay. um, here. So we're a little bit leaner than that, and that's okay. Mm -hmm. We are trying to be as good a steward of the resources that sure. have been trusted to us as possible. So uh, we try to do that uh, as smartly as we can. Okay, and how long have you been involved? Well, it's kind of a twofold story. I was a volunteer and a donor here at the foundation for 12 or 13 years. 
while I was working as the vice president at the um, the uh, New Britain General Hospital. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I had left the hospital but remained involved here as a volunteer and a donor in our Catalyst program. And then when Jim Williamson decided to retire uh, a little more than two years ago, um, I threw my hat in the ring. Okay. And uh, here I am now uh, starting my third year as president. Okay. Is it everything you thought it would be? It's fantastic. <laughs> it, it really is a great job. Uh, the conversations that I was having with people when I left the New Britain community, we just picked up and started again. Mm. With that, that was wonderful. It's great to see so many people who are in the greater New Britain community who love this community and their hearts are so in the right place. We have a very dedicated board of directors and it's wonderful to work with them. Okay. And so Kayla, you've been here for a little while now. Let's hear your story. I know, I know. So um, I grew up in Bristol, but I've been a part of the New Britain community since 2008. I'm a graduate of CCSU. Okay. So very proud Blue Devil. (laughs) And um, I worked at the Dean's office there and also worked with the Office of Institutional Advancement. And so working there, I got to work with donors. And that was something that was very interesting to me. Besides the fact that I double majored in anthropology and Spanish, and I wasn't sure what I was going to do, um, (laughs) someone had told me about a part-time job at the Community Foundation, to which I said, what is a Community Foundation? Um, But I studied up, and I started here with a part-time job as the administrative assistant. And since there, it has just been an amazing journey for me, um, starting with the leadership of Jim Williams and picking up with Dave's leadership. I've just been able to really grow here. Uh, into my role now where I work with not only donors, but also the grantee organizations. So it's been a really wonderful place to be. And now I'm starting my <laughs> master's degree. All so right. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. So master's in public administration. Okay. So keeping okay. me busy. How long were you here as a part-time employee right, before you said, hey, you know what? I can stick around a while. You know, I think I was probably at like around the six-month mark when I was really understanding what the foundation mm-hmm. did. Um, and I was going, okay, I mean, I get it. Now I'm graduated. I have a part-time job. What else am I going to do? Is this the place for me? Is this a place where I can grow? And immediately Jim said, listen, I don't want to lose you. And I can tell that mm-hmm. I might lose you. Can I help you get another part-time job? So I actually had a part-time job with image marketing consultants in oh, Southington okay. as well. So at that time, that kind of got me more busy. It, it introduced me more to the Southington community. Right. Um, I had done Southington Community Theater for years. Okay. Uh, so I had known the town pretty well too. But after that, I was like, well, there's some buy-in there from Jim too, because mm-hmm. he he made sure that my schedule allowed for me to work both jobs and to stay on. And then I think I was here probably a year or so and they started to bump up the hours and then bump mm-hmm. up the hours. And then I became full-time, I think in 2014 maybe 2015. Okay. Sounds about right. I, I, I know it, it's all a blur now. Um, but I mean, this place has really just been a wonderful place for growth. I mean, I know Kim will tell her story as well, but we've just hired Candace Tabone, who is a recent CCSU graduate. And I feel her <laughs> filling into that role as well. Nice. Just, it's a really great place to be. Yeah. Was there one project of that first six months or so that something really clicked and grabbed your attention? Um, I think it was the difference between being the welcoming person in the office, which is wonderful, Mm -hmm. but actually getting to go out and see some of the grants Mm -hmm. in action. So Jolene Ruck, who's been here over 20 years now, um, and she is our director of community initiatives, and she kind of took me under her wing, and she gave me the opportunity to go with her to site visits and to see 
what our grants are able to do. Because it's one thing to be behind a computer screen or to be filing paperwork, but it's another to really understand the impact that we can have in the community. Yeah. Okay. And Kim, so you've been here for four years. Yes. Where did you come from? So I was in the right place at the right time and <laughs> knew the right people. <laughs> uh, Kayla and I were actually college friends, uh, which means that CCSU was taking over the community. Foundation. That's right. <laughs> um, and, you know, I had mentioned to her in passing, I was in the same boat she was. She graduated a year earlier than me and was like, what am I going to do? And I graduated a year later and said, what am I going to do? Uh, and she said, you know, there's a position opening up at where I work. Why don't you just try it out? And the rest is history, really. Okay. So I started as the office manager and bumped up to scholarship. And now I'm working with communications and I think this is my home now. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> For a while at least. Oh, good. <laughs> so let's talk about some of the current projects that you're working on and, and what's uh, what's unfolding. Sure, we've got a, a number of initiatives. When I came on board, we were working on one particular initiative, which is First Years First for early childhood education programs. Now, when we talk about initiatives, we're talking about things that we're doing in addition to the grants that are given out on a normal basis from the foundation. You know, we, we give out grants that nonprofits apply for. Uh, we give out grants that individual donors are giving out because they have a donor advised fund with us. Uh, we have scholarships and things like that that we'll talk about. Um, but the initiatives are things that we see need attention in the community. Um, you know, going to that third part of our mission of addressing key issues in the community. So to that end, this foundation 15 years ago saw a need to help with early childhood education programs to help with skills, to help with absenteeism rates, all those kinds of things that that touch on that. So uh, that program has been going for some time. And um, the Early Childhood Collaborative of Southington um, has been a wonderful partner in these kinds of initiative programs also. So a shout out to them and mm -hmm. Joanne Kelleher and sure. her group uh, for the work that they do in Southington. Uh, which has been connected to our first year's first program. Okay. Good. And degree completion, Kim, tell us what that project is all about. Yeah, so in my second second or third year here, I started working with scholarships, um, and we noticed an upward trend of losing contact with students or students mm. who had received our scholarships in their freshman year not completing college mm. and we wanted to figure out what that was all about. So after meeting with the scholarship committee here at the foundation, as well as representatives at CCSU, everybody agreed, you know, college is getting more and more expensive, literally semester by semester. Um, and kids just can't afford it. And what we're seeing happen a lot is kids receive a lot of financial aid in the first year or two of school, mm -hmm. a lot of scholarships. And then when it comes to their junior or senior year, they run out of that aid or it's not renewable. And they're struggling to put make ends meet essentially and we're seeing kids drop out of school with 30 credits left and it's just painful um so what we wanted to do uh with the degree completion initiative is not only expand the scholarship program that already exists here at the foundation uh but we wanted to work with ccsu on a pilot program that launched this year 
where we said um, we have $10,000 set aside to help out as many students as we can who are in their senior year uh, who owe less than $2,500. And so we were able to help five students pay off their balance wow. so they didn't have to worry about it. They were able to register for classes on time. Um, and we're currently in contact with CCSU to track their progress and how they're doing. And so we're hoping to expand that to help more students in yeah. the future, hopefully even every semester if possible. Um, and to work on our current scholarships, we're hoping to make more renewable scholarships. So it's not just your freshman year or your first semester right. that you're receiving aid or, you know, have our scholarship fund representatives fundraise so that we can give out larger awards so that students may be able to spread that money across sure. four years of school. Okay. And a big shout out to all the donors who, with Jim Williamson's passing, made gifts to the Williamson Education Assistance okay. Fund, which was established in his memory, uh, which people can give to at any time. Uh, the money in that fund that's generated from that endowment will go towards growing this degree completion initiative. Okay. And how many scholarships typically will you give out in a year? Um, I'd say about 50 to 60, Okay, depending. Yeah, but quite, quite a few. Yeah. And how do you get the word out to get people to apply for those? A lot of it is collaboration with the high schools in our okay. area. Uh, we make sure to send out all the information so the guidance counselors are working with the students to find scholarships that fit you know, their major, where they live, what high school they're going to. Um, and then a lot of it is just word of mouth. We'll right. do a press release uh, for local newspapers to say it's time to apply. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, we, we're hoping <laughs> to get more applicants yeah, in the future right. because do the colleges sometimes reach out to you with students who could use some help? Uh, definitely with this new degree completion initiative. Uh, they are, CCSU at least, is very excited to continue this. The list that they went through of students who only owed $2,500 or less, yeah. I think was in 1300 range. Oh my God. Uh, so there are so many kids in need and we'd love to help as many as possible. Yeah. And so, Kayla, you're working on some some young philanthropy. So I'm guessing once these once these kids get through college, you're, <laughs> you're going after that money to get it back, right? You know, it's really not about the money. So <laughs> the Young Philanthropy Initiative is honestly um, an offshoot of one of the parts of our mission, which is to inspire philanthropy. Mm -hmm. And I think this is really near and dear to my heart, and it's been kind of a pet project of mine because... I am a young professional in this community. I have a lot of young friends in this community and they're not involved with anything. Mm -hmm. Whether that means giving their time, their treasure or their talent, they are just not involved. And I think part of that is just not having that relationship with some of the right. local nonprofits or the charities. Mm -hmm. So really young philanthropy came out of an idea of the breweries are really hot right now. Yeah, there you go. What can we do to get some young people there? And what kind of message can we help bring to them to show them that they can be involved in their community in a different level? Okay. So we started with what we call Giving Brews Day. So mm -hmm. every year on Giving Tuesday, this year it's December 3rd, um, we go to one of the breweries in town and we bring out, this year we'll probably bring out 15 different nonprofits and they all set up a station. Wow. And it's a passport program. So okay. it's incentivized. Each person is to talk to one of the representatives of one of the nonprofits and they'll get a stamp. Mm -hmm. When you get a certain number of stamps, then you move along and you can get a drink or you can get a prize. But what we really want to do is facilitate these conversations, really quality conversations, 
with local nonprofits so that people can understand what they do and how they might want to get involved. And I think it has been really successful in introducing people mm. to a different way of being a philanthropist because I think the first thing we think of is money. Sure. And that's not the only thing that we can right. give. And so with the foundation, obviously, eventually, we want these young people who graduate, who mm -hmm. become young professionals to be able to give back to their community. But whether it's volunteering one day for a cleanup mm -hmm. in the community, sure. or whether it's sitting on a board or sitting on a committee, or whether it's giving a monetary donation, we just want to try and help people realize that there are so many different options and make it fun too. Right, right. And I think that's important for people to understand that it's not always a huge time commitment. Right. And you don't always have to commit to any ongoing relationship. It could just be one special mm -hmm. project that matches up with the talent that you have and, and uh, try to connect people with their talents to the needs, right? Yeah. So that has been honestly just really fun. It, I, it brings a smile to my face every time <laughs> we get to talk about it because that's my job now. Yeah. You know, it's part of my my work here. Yeah. Um, and so far, so good. Okay. So what's, what's <laughs> one good success story you've had where you've matched somebody up? Um, well, the biggest success story is that there's actually been a young professionals group in the Great New Britain area that okay. has really become what it is now because of the work that the foundation has done. And we're called The Buzz. So The Buzz has a board, it has a community give back committee, marketing and social mm -hmm. events committee. And every month we are giving a personal professional development opportunity. We are giving opportunities to give back. We are obviously giving networking um, possibilities. Sure. But the greatest part of that has been that we have seen so many young people who have been able to come out to volunteer for community cookouts. Um, we have had multiple nonprofits come to us and say thank you so much because mm -hmm. we have developed lists of people, of young people who are interested in being part of their organization. And I can't tell you how many nonprofits have come to us and said that a need for them is having new board members or new volunteer right. members. Right. So for us, you know, a success story would probably be just the number of young people that we're giving the opportunity to learn how to be on a committee, mm -hmm. learn how to be sure. on a board. And uh, we were just talking with Barbara Heckler yesterday about trying to make sure that we are more intentional about that too, because there, there is an education piece to that. Yeah, absolutely. And so the foundation has been really integral in that education piece, and it's just going to prepare so many other young people to volunteer for other mm -hmm. nonprofit work. And you've seen collectively some of these boards get a little bit younger through your work? It's true. Yeah. Our board too. Yeah. <laughs> because yeah. selfishly, I mean, we, we need to make sure that there's age diversity. Sure. Um, and this has honestly helped our board. It's helping our committees. We want to help the whole community. So okay, little by little. All right. And Dave, what are you working on with the disaster response and capacity building? Sure. We, um, when I came on board, I had admired what some of the other community foundations in um, areas of the country like Houston, Florida, uh, the Carolinas go through when these hurricanes and natural disasters roll through there. Um, and they do a very nice job of being a conduit in the community. If somebody wants to give, they tell them how they can give, mm. not necessarily to them, but how they can give to the agencies that give out the assistance. And if you need help, here's how you get it. So it got me thinking, what's our role here in the greater New Britain area as a community foundation if a natural disaster were to occur? Whether it's an apartment fire that displaces 20 families or a tornado that rips through. I mean, last night there was a tornado in Coventry, Connecticut. Yeah. 
You know, so it happens here. Blizzard shut down the community for five or six days. Sure. You know, where are people going to get help? So we examined that for a year and a half with the financial support of Stanley Black and Decker. We launched the initiative to take a look at what's our response in a natural disaster. And we determined through talking to town leaders and others that the best thing for us to do was to create a Greater New Britain Disaster Response Fund and then make funds available to the four towns through their community service and crisis departments who deal with the people who are going through this. Mm -hmm. So they would apply and ask for a grant from us, which we would provide to that department. And then that department then gives out the funds, usually in the form of gift cards to families that needed to help them get through what they're getting through. But the fund will also provide grants to the municipalities to help them cover some expenses when it comes to putting up a shelter, mm. putting up a warming center, whatever it is they need to do, you know, at a moment's notice. Um, so that's a brand new fund. We haven't actually officially announced it yet. Okay. We're going to be doing that in the next couple of weeks. Um, so stay tuned. There'll be more coming out okay. in the press about that, but you got the exclusive right. on this the scoop. <laughs> the scoop. The second one is a capacity building for nonprofits. Uh, we started that uh, initiative two years ago. Um, my philosophy is that uh, as a community foundation, we have uh, an inherent responsibility to make the nonprofits in our community as strong as they possibly can be. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's not all about us. We're here to help the community get stronger. So how can we do that? Well, our Catalyst program, which uh, we could talk about that uh, in a second, brought to light the fact that our nonprofits might be weak in certain areas. A nonprofit might be strong in planning events or might be in board development, but they might be weak in finance or vice versa or marketing or whatever fundraising. So what could we do? So we created these workshops, we created opportunities for education, we created a nonprofit resource center here in our building that nonprofits can come and use to search for other foundations where they can apply to for grants. Um, we've, we've created an executive directors forum uh, where executive directors of nonprofits can come together, share their, their, their problems, their trends, their solutions with each other. Um, we're very excited about the way that has taken off. Every time we've offered a workshop, we've sold out all the space. Wow. And every time we've had uh, events for the executive directors, we have a packed space. Mm -hmm. So we're very encouraged by that. And we know from the feedback that we hear that the nonprofits are really appreciating mm -hmm. that. And finally, Catalyst. Catalyst is um, a giving circle that has existed for 17 years now. And it gives an, an individual an opportunity to make a gift of $250, but to be part of a larger group, it's about 75 members right now, who come together three times a year. They pick a topic that needs to be addressed in our four communities. They learn about that topic at the first meeting from experts. At the second meeting, they hear from nonprofits that want to apply for the $12,500 grant. Huh? And then at the third meeting, they vote on which nonprofit is going to get the grant. So for a $250 commitment, they're part of the decision-making to give out $12,500. Wow. And so that program has grown and grown, and we've tackled all kinds of issues from food security to homes for veterans to um, community gardens to all different kinds of things that people want to talk about in their community. And 
connected to what Kayla was talking about, you know, philanthropy and, and those kinds of issues, we've created a discovery membership. So someone could try it for the first year for just $50 and see what it's all about. They get all the rights and privileges that every Catalyst member gets. And then if they want to continue in the second year, then you're at the $250 level. That's very neat. When you get some of these uh, executive members that come in from the nonprofits, what are some of the common trends or common issues you see across the board? Other than raising money. <laughs> right. Uh, in fact, they have asked me to, to give them a primer on uh, annual funds sure. fundraising this coming week. So okay. that's obviously at the top yes. of their list. Um, but I think what we see is um, board development, which is what this year's focus is on for capacity building for nonprofits, um, but also engaging the board in a way that the board completely understands what that nonprofit needs from them and how they can contribute. And that's not always about money. Sure. Uh, it's about leadership. It's about bringing people to the table from the community, business leaders, uh, people in other organizations, civic organizations who can assist that nonprofit with their mission and help them be successful. So I'm seeing a lot of struggles with executive directors because there's a lot of time involved with going out and recruiting board members, with training board members, keeping them engaged. So that I think right now is one of the key issues nonprofits are looking for help okay. with. Okay, good. Well, I'm glad you're there to help them. So with your operational plan and everything, so you always have to worry about not giving away too much money, which I imagine is tempting to do sometimes. <laughs> um, so how do you work that into your program of, of figuring out how much you really want to be able to give away? Sure. We have what we call a spending policy mm -hmm. that governs how much we give out on an annual basis. Um, so we determine right now our, our spending policy is 3.75% for grants. So within all of these endowments that we have, these donor advised funds, these scholarships, we give out 3.75% every year. Uh, there's a small fee on top of that for our operations. Mm -hmm. And then any other growth that we have in our investments goes in to grow those funds even further. Um, and on average, for a five-year average, we're earning about 6.8% on our funds in, in a conservative to moderate type of portfolio. Mm -hmm. So we, we do our best to care for the funds, but also take advantage of the market. Sure. And with that, it gives us the spending policy so that we can give out uh, grants and scholarships and, and also do sponsorships in the community to help nonprofits who would like us to be a sponsor of their upcoming event. Okay. So we do that too. Our current operating plan, which we redid and we're in year one of a five-year operating plan, is to focus on three words. We want to be more visible in the community. We want to be more relevant in the community. And we want to be more impactful in the community. So right now, our staff and our board of directors are using those three words to guide us in every decision that we're making. Because what I found when I first got here is that the reputation of the foundation was very good by those people who knew who right, we were. Right. And very few people in the community knew who we were. And we know that if we connect with more people, more business leaders, more civic leaders, more individuals who have the wherewithal to be able to start a donor advice on a scholarship or partner with us in some way, that we could do even more great things. Sure. So we're trying to be more visible, relevant, and impactful in the community. That's guiding our operational plan right now. Okay. 
So Kim, what do you do to help get that message out? There's so many different platforms and so many different ways to connect. How do you pull it all together? Right. So in the first half of the year, we actually do a business appeal. So we contact local businesses, um, both that we've worked with before and that we're hoping to work with in the future and kind of hope that they pledge to the fund so that when we send out our individual appeal in the second half of the year, we can say, you know, these are the corporations or the businesses or the other nonprofits who have sponsored us in our CLF fund. And we hope that you would do the same. Mm -hmm. So our CLF appeal for individuals is actually coming up mid-October. Okay. Um, so we're always trying to look for new people to work with and new people to get in contact with to be more visible, relevant, and impactful. We want to hear from the people that we haven't been helping already to right. see what other problems we can address. Okay, so you pretty have a pretty long list of items to do to take <laughs> care of. So, um, so how how do you find the the donors to and get them to donate consistently and and continue to get that message out? Well, I think part of it is really the donor relations piece in general. Mm -hmm. Just making sure that the donors realize the reason that we are here is mm -hmm. because of them. The reason that we are able to make this kind of impact in the community is because of their generosity. Mm -hmm. So the Civic Leadership Fund really is our way of showing the community that the more that they help us, the more that we can do, right. um, the more that we can be visible, impactful, and relevant. And so there are a couple different ways that we work with our donors too. I mean, we, we speak with most of them regularly. We have a lot of them on our board and our committees. Mm -hmm. We are launching this year for the first time a bus tour that oh. is going to bring some of our donors to different locations where we've given grants. Mm -hmm. So we're stopping at Soka in Southington. We're stopping at Prudence Berlin Prudence. High School for the Berlin Upbeat Program, okay. Prudence Crandall, the Hospital of Central Connecticut's Cancer Center. So that going back to when I first came on board, what was the thing that made the difference? Mm -hmm. Seeing the impact. So the more that we are able to give our donors that opportunity to see the impact that they're generosity makes, I think, the better. That's right. And uh, we like to say that um, we try to make it as easy as possible to become a philanthropist mm. here. <laughs> and so our fund minimums are very low. Sure. If you wanted to start a donor advice fund here with us, the minimum is only $5,000. Mm -hmm. And you could grow that over time if you wanted to. Sure. And then once it reaches $5,000, the 3.75% mm. would kick in and would be available every year for you to say, all right, I'd like this much to go to the Red Cross. I'd like this much to go to Southington Cultural Arts. Um, I'd like this much to go to the YMCA in Southington. So um, we try to make that as accessible as possible. Our scholarship started $25,000 because we want that to be a meaningful award sure. for someone's education. And as Kim said, we're trying to expand those so that it could be in every year or we try to get those, those minimums up. But for a donor advised fund or donor designated fund where you said, you know, right up front every year you want something to go to such and such organization, $5,000 is the minimum. And Kayla and I are constantly having conversations with people in the community who would like to start one of those funds or a civic organization that has been running their scholarship for 40 years mm -hmm. and no longer mm -hmm. has enough members to serve on the scholarship committee. And so they said, you know what? Let's have the community foundation run that scholarship right. now for us. 
and then they know that we'll be doing it in perpetuity and their name will always be there, you know, in the community giving out that scholarship as a result. So we try to do that with as many people as possible. Right. And that's good that you have the best of both words, worlds, because I'm sure people want to donate to something more immediate sometimes. They have a yes. specific need that they just want to go after and some want to create a little bit more lasting legacy, I would imagine. Um, it sounds like Dave, you've got some pretty happy employees here. So how do you, <laughs> how do you keep them on, on board with everything with so many challenges and, and how are you able to, <clears throat> in situations where you need to recruit, how do you do that? Chocolate. Chocolate. Chocolate yeah. That's good. We've got the bowl in the office oh, here. Nice. So everybody has to come in at some point okay. and get a snack. <laughs> um, but seriously, uh, when I came on board, you know, I met with everybody here. We found out what their skills are. We found out what their likes and dislikes are. Mm -hmm. And we tried to um, shift responsibilities and move some things around so that everybody felt that they were fulfilled in what it was they were doing on a day-to-day -day basis um, or what they saw mm -hmm. down the road they want to do, you know, as mm -hmm. they learn more and more. Um, so it's, it's a great team. Um, their hearts are all in the right place. And I just enjoy working with them them every day. It helps that our volunteers and our board are also very supportive. Uh, that kind of buoys all of us um, in that. So shout out to uh, Lynn Rickey, president of Hospital for Special Care, who serves as our board chair, and Paul Zagorski, uh, an attorney uh, in the area, who also is our vice chair mm -hmm. of the board and, and all of the uh, the men and women on that board that really help us. Mark Pelletier, our treasurer, is CPA mm -hmm. um, in the Southington area. So uh, we really appreciate that. Okay. And for somebody who does just have time to donate, might not necessarily have money, can they just reach out to you and you'll help match them up with, with some programs? Yes, we definitely have had people in the community who have come to us and said, listen, these are my interests. Is mm -hmm. there anybody that you know? And we play matchmaker. We are yeah. happy to do that because we want to make sure, again, that we're not only... We're not only benefiting this part of the community, but the actual mm -hmm. nonprofits themselves. Right, right. And they don't need to be scared about being pushed into a board or something that they don't want to do. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah. Okay. We want to figure out what they have the time for, what they want to put their efforts towards and match that up. Okay. And so you said visibility is a is a key initiative. So you've got you've got social media, you've got all sorts of things. So what are kind of the what's worked for you before and what do you want to add to that program? Well, Kim's doing a great job on social media. We're, we're getting constant posts up. So if somebody wants to like us on Facebook, they'll be getting the regular updates from us. So we appreciate that. Check out our website uh, at cfgmb.org. Um, Kim's always making updates there too. We're going to be adding more video. Uh, we've had a 30-second uh, video that Kim actually produced uh, here in the office uh, that's been running at the Southington Drive-In before oh, the movies this year. Okay. This is the first year that we did that. Uh, we'll have an article in the Southington Magazine that's coming out this month um, about the foundation and its work in the Southington area. Uh, I think we're on tr two church bulletins now. Uh, we have an ad. We're on the the, uh, the scorecard at the Stanley Golf Course. So we're okay. trying to be out there and remind people about uh, the fact that we're here and, and what we're doing. And we need to, you know, take stock every once in a while and say, okay, what has been our impact? Mm -hmm. So we, we produce a report here that says, 
here's our impact in each of the four communities in the last five years. And anybody who would like to request that is more than happy to contact us and we'll be happy to give that to them. And we take a look at that. How are we doing on grants going to the four communities? Are we doing it evenly? Are we giving out to uh, nonprofits in all four towns? Um, but we want also want to make it clear that if somebody wants to get more involved with us and say started a donor advised fund with us or a designated fund, they can designate a grant from their fund to any nonprofit in the United States. Okay. Because we recognize that people live in different places. Sure. They sometimes have seasonal homes. You know, they have children and family in other places. So they might have charitable interests in other places too. So you're not only making impact here in the community by supporting our foundation and having your fund here, but you have the opportunity to also support nonprofits anywhere in the United States. Okay. What do you see as part of your five-year plan that could be a, a little bit different next time around? Well, I look forward to the initiatives growing. Um, I look forward to uh, these initiatives helping us to be more visible, relevant, and impactful. So I would see that just as when Hurricane Maria hit, and we knew that with the large Puerto Rican population in the greater New Britain area, we were going to be impacted, they were going to be impacted, and, and we partnered with American Savings Foundation to create the Hurricane Maria Relief Fund and made grants locally and in Puerto Rico for that. We want to respond to what are the needs that are emerging. And these initiatives, disaster relief, um, capacity building, young philanthropy, these are all needs that we have seen are emerging and growing, and we want to be a part of that. So I see those initiatives growing. I see our participation in those growing. And I hope that the community would respond to not only to our annual civic leadership fund appeals, but also to these initiatives. If you want to help kids finish college, you can give to our degree completion initiative. If you want to help the community be ready for when that disaster happens in our community, you can give to the disaster relief fund. You know, we're now creating these opportunities where Whatever your interest is, we probably have a fund where you could get involved, you could be a donor, you could be a volunteer, and help us with that effort. Okay. All right, Kim, if you could wave a magic wand and you had unlimited time and resources, what's the one project you would love to tackle? Oh, well, I'm going to be selfish and say okay. my degree completion. Yeah, that's fine. Um, mostly because... This is a problem not only in our four town area, not only in the state of Connecticut, it's all over the nation where we just need more financial sure. aid for these students. Um, and it is going to be a long haul. So if I could wave a magic wand, that would be okay. the first thing I'd yeah. do. <laughs> I thought it was interesting how there's so many, what would some would consider relatively small balances that, that these that's keeping yeah. people from mm -hmm. completing a fourth year or their third year. So I think that's pretty interesting. That's a message that needs to get out. It really opened our eyes. You yeah. Know, when we heard that Kim was working with the financial aid office and we heard the balances, mm. we were floored. Yeah. Yeah. How about you, Kayla? Unlimited time, unlimited resources. What are you doing with your day? I would probably, agree to selfishly work on the young philanthropy. Um, right now, I really have a push to to try and bring what we've been doing in the Greater New Britain Chamber to the Southington Chamber. Um, I want to try and really link up with some more of the young professionals there to see if we can get something similar going. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that we, as the community foundation that not only serves 
New Britain, Berlin, Plainville, but also Southington mm -hmm. to make sure that we're doing the same things in those towns. So the more that we can connect and the more that we can try and really work with this young professional population, mm -hmm. I think the better we can help our communities grow. And okay. It's all very cyclical. Sure. And the more that we are help, able to support and help. And your way in there is through, through chambers and organizations like that? Yeah, I mean, well, that's the way that we've done it in New Britain. And so I think that that would be an awesome way to start in Southington too. Yeah, okay. All right, Dave, what did we miss? <laughs> you know, I'm looking at my list here, but uh, I think we've covered a lot of it. I mean, I, I do want to emphasize that we try to be as responsible with our work as possible. We feel an awesome responsibility of um, caring for the assets that have give, been mm -hmm. given to us. Well, we take great strides to make sure that we achieve national standards uh, in what we do. So every year we apply for that uh, accreditation and, and have that on our website so people can see that. We're a GuideStar Platinum uh, charity, so we uh, attain the highest level of um, accreditation from GuideStar too. But uh, if anybody sees anything out there that we should tackle or we should work on, uh, know that uh, we would like to hear. We would okay. like to talk to them. Uh, if there's anything they want to partner with us on, uh, we would like to spend the time to do it. And we also are looking for opportunities to get out in the community and speak to groups. Mm. So if there's a group out there that would like to have us come and make a 20-minute presentation on what the foundation is all about and uh, how they can get involved or connect others, uh, we'd be thrilled to do that. All right. Okay. And I think what was important for me is to learn that you can help people through all sorts of the spectrum, whether it's just donating time, whether it's fifty dollars, two fifty, you know, all the way up to to as high as you can go, right? right so, right. Um, so I think that's important that people understand that there's no excuses for not helping out if they want to. That they and can just call the office. That's and, right. And as Kayla said, people come to us sometimes and they say. I'm looking for an organization that does that. So we help connect them to other organizations that they can get involved with. Um, and we also keep our ears open for when uh, donors who have funds with us, donor advised funds or designated funds with us, and they say, what is the need in the community? So that they can better direct their grants to the needs that we see in the community too. So we're, we're thrilled to do that too. Okay. And uh, who wants to throw out how to contact you? So we'll talk phone numbers and social media and website. Sure. So you can find us at our website at cfgnb.org. Um, our Facebook is facebook.com slash cfgnb. Um, what else? I, phone number 860-229-6018. And we are in the office from 830 to 5, Monday through Friday. We're located at 74 Vine Street in New Britain, right near Walnut Hill Park. It's a great location, and uh, we, we love to have people come and visit us. We have art hanging in our office. <laughs> uh, our third floor boardroom has art from the Art League of New Britain. Hmm. Uh, they do a changing display, uh, so we like to, to display local artists. And here on the first floor, we're expecting a art display from... Soka. Right. So oh, okay. Community cultural yeah. arts. Great. So people can stop by any time during normal business hours and take a look at the art we have on the wall. Okay. View our uh, monitor that has a slideshow that shows all about the programs we're supporting and have a conversation with us. All right. Sounds good. Well, thanks everybody for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you.